ça va, Miranda? Salut, Ellen. Yeah, it's going well. I'm happy. How are you? I am doing pretty good. I am so excited for our third part of Wearing the Francophonie French Politics on the Bookworm. So thanks for tuning in for the next installment on our Political Junkie Roadshow. <laughs> exactly. I'm so excited. So last episode was all about the structure of France's political system. We talked about some older heads of state of the Fifth Republic. And this week we're going to dive into political parties and the upcoming election. I am so excited. I'm not going to lie. I recently have been talking about this a lot and bringing it up to people because I am excited to be in France <laughs> for this and for an election. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I came right after the last election, uh, but right. was not in France. This is my first presidential election. So it's kind of right. exciting. I can't vote. Um, but I have seen the insides <laughs> of the voting centers for the local elections that occurred. And I was, I was oh. very excited. It, it's always cool to see different arrangements. And my favorite part was that when you vote, they actually have paper ballots still. And you put it in. So do we. Okay, well, in the U.S. we don't, which <laughs> might be an issue <laughs> that's being discussed. Uh, but <laughs> they have paper ballots. And the woman or man that is working will pull a lever to, like, show that it's closed in the ballot box. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I voted. And I freaking love it. Like, I sat there. Actually, I didn't sat. I stood there and I just listened to the... There was four different voting centers in the same one because of COVID. And they just... I loved it every time. I voted. Like... (laughs) <laughs> if I ever can, I will sign up for that role. I'll I'll be like, let me do it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you should. I love that. Okay, yeah. before we get going, we have to talk about what are you drinking today? I am drinking a fancy cocktail, which normally doesn't happen, but I fell in love with this because my dad made it for me when I was in the U.S. over the holidays, and it's called Stan the Man. Okay. (laughs) And if you are aware of Nancy, we have the Place Stanislas, and we often joke that Stan is the man, Stan the Man, when we talk about Stanislas. But this is not related at all to Nancy. It just happens to be from a French cocktail book, and it's Calvados, which is from... (gasps) Normandy and it's a apple based yeah uh form of liqueur li- yeah. no it's it's not a liqueur it is a strong it's, it's basically like picture a scotch just made from apples oh yeah it is it will it is it's it's strong but there you go so it's that it has calvados it has Suze, which is also oh, french i hate uh, Suze. It works in the cocktail. It's hard to drink by itself. Okay. I do agree. <laughs> a little bit of orange and, and and like some nut liquor and some uh, like Molly Pratt, which is a uh, vermouth. And it is really good. Ooh. So there you go. It's my, it's my obsession. And I was that so excited lovely. to buy all of the bottles because I don't have a lot of, of liquor bottles, but I now own right. all bottles necessary for this cocktail whenever I want it. <laughs> That sounds wonderful. I'm going to need to try that. 
Yeah. I'm also having a cocktail. I'm having an espresso martini, which Ooh. is one of my favorites with decaffeinated coffee because, yeah. But um, <laughs> it's <laughs> decaffeinated coffee and um, Kahlua and uh, vodka. Nice. And then I put a little bit of Di Sirono for that like sort of almond flavor, Ooh. which I love. And it's delish, guys. Delish. We really should do cocktails more often. <laughs> yes, we should. We, we get should. into our, but it's our, that... our ruts of coffees and teas, but this is fun. <laughs> yeah, this is. Yes, very much so. And perfect for talking about an election when, yes. oh my gosh. Okay, oh, so yeah. as some of you may know, Canada had an election in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. So, I and, and our elections are have to be only 45 days. Uh, so there's a sort of time limit so it's like intense it's Mm -hmm. it's just you all like a hundred miles an hour it's so good i love it because i'm a political junkie as we we talked about so france's upcoming election is like exciting like you're saying it only happens every five years on the national level so it's really like it's a big deal it's a big deal but it's so interesting because at least for me as an american the way they approach elections is so different so first of all, spending mm, is capped, which yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's great. Yes, having spending on political <sighs> campaigns being capped is a huge issue, especially as a, an American coming from a country where we spend billions of dollars on elections. I I, I do yeah. think it's an interesting uh, way to approach elections and political financing, which we did mention. Uh, Sarkozy mayor. He did. He was convicted for breaking these rules. So there are issues <laughs> with this, but for the most part, I, I like the idea of it. Second, yeah. the, the time of the run-up is so much shorter. So again, in the U.S., mm. I swear, we have an election, and then a couple months later, we're already like gearing up for the next cycle in two years. Oh my gosh, yeah. And presidentials, I... I really do think presidential election campaigns start about two and a half years out. It is. I think that's accurate. It's a very long process. And that is not the case in France. uh, Candidates have been presenting themselves. There's been primaries for different parties that we're going to get into. So it is an interesting in-between of the Canadian. It's not a full Mm. intense 40 days of go for it. Right. But it is an interesting approach of it's definitely started over the summer and it, but it's been trickle and everything is also restricted so on the tv all of the candidates get equal time so it's restricted oh. you don't have just constant political stuff happening which is the case in the right. u.s so yeah what do you think about that is that something that happens in canada i don't want to use the term crazy because it is logical but it blew my mind that a country could say every candidate gets the exact amount of airtime that each other yeah we do not have that so we don't have that Uh, on donation like sort of funding i i don't know the specifics of it but there there are caps on what you can donate individually it's about twelve hundred dollars Really? And just $1,200? That's pretty yeah, low. Yeah, just $1,200. And <laughs> Again, to, says to the American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so there are limits to that. But overall, like, you can spend as a party differently than you spend as a candidate. Like, it, there, it's complicated, so I'm, I'm actually not sure specifically, but we definitely don't get equal time per candidate. It's actually been a, a controversy recently about 
the debates in Canada mm-hmm. because um, it depends on who qualifies to be in the debates. And there, like I, I mentioned uh, in the first episode, there is People's Party of Canada, which is a extreme right-wing party that has no elected representatives at this time. And they were not allowed to be in the debates most recently. And that was sort of like a big controversy. So it depends, like, there is not equal airtime, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would say that although Canada has five parties, uh, we really have three, maybe four main ones. Um, and everyone else is sort of like a, a not not likely to form government. There are really two that are likely to form government, the conservatives and the liberals. So yeah, it's it's different. I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of like equal airtime, but I wonder where you stop it. Like if I ran for president, like would I get mm-hmm. equal airtime? I mean, I think what we need background on is that you need to have like 500, I think, signatures from mayors and deputies to be able to run for mm. being the president. So that's required before you even are able to run. So maybe that's like a starting basis but yeah a lot of people run yeah there's a ton of people that are currently running there are a lot of parties that are presenting themselves but what you're saying is yeah to officially be in the campaign you do have to have a certain amount of signatures and that's when the time starts so when you announce officially i am running for president that's when it goes into action that your time is limited and a, a couple other candidates also played that game of they let other people hint that they were running they held political rallies as if they were they let the crowd yeah. say what they wanted but the candidate themselves never said i'm speaking to you today because i want to be president they they say i'm speaking about a political issue they yeah they were skirted around the actual announcement which i thought was really interesting to, to see yeah so i think before we get into like the political spectrum and mm-hmm. who are the pl- the main players that we that we're likely to see in the next couple months i think we should talk about just like the specifics of how the election actually works because i was surprised that it's a five-year term like period like no matter mm-hmm. what for the president but then when we looked into it, it it's really based on the runoff system so if people aren't aware or, or, or familiar with this, because I was not, a runoff system is essentially you have a, a first uh, ballot, mm-hmm. <laughs> which people vote for uh, any one of the candidates. And if a candidate receives a, a true majority, meaning 50% plus one of the votes, then they would be elected on first ballot. Now, this like never happens, right? Right. Because there are so many parties. <laughs> <laughs> so if this doesn't happen, the two highest scoring mm-hmm. uh, candidates go to a second ballot. And that second ballot, you have a choice between those two only. And there is a threshold that needs to be met. They have to get a, a minimum uh, percentage. They have to have a minimum of 25% in the first ballot. And then in the second ballot, you're guaranteed, because it's between two people, you're mm-hmm. guaranteed to, the winner will have a majority of the votes. Mm-hmm. So it it's sort of interesting because in Canada, it's uh, five years if you have a majority, but this guarantees, quote unquote, a majority for mm-hmm. the second ballot or the first ballot if you get a majority on the first ballot. But my understanding is that never happens. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So the election that's taking place right now in 2022, the first and second rounds will be held in April. 
So early April to late April, it's two separate Sundays because yes, elections occur on Sundays when people aren't working so that Ugh. people can go to the polls and vote. Totally agree with this. Canada is also States. stupid on this. <laughs> hey, Canada is also stupid on this. We have like Monday elections, which is so dumb. It is frustrating. Another note is that uh, people are automatically registered to vote, which I think is really cool. Oh, that's wonderful. That's Again, great. Issues in my home country on this. <laughs> so, how about uh, we talk a little bit about like the political spectrum? I'll give like a little basic idea, but I think that you are the specialist here, and you can give yeah. us an idea of the the names that we'll hear. I think that. One of the things to think of when we're talking about the political spectrum is it so depends on the country and what you're comparing it to. So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, Emmanuel Macron is considered a centrist, mm-hmm. and uh, that is very much um, sort of like compared to his alternatives, not compared to the United States. He would not be a centrist, I don't believe, in the United States. And yeah. similarly, some Democrats in the US would not be considered Democrat would not be considered left wing in Canada. I would say most Democrats in the US would not be considered left wing in other countries. Because I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is when people try to think about other systems, and to be fair, that's our own natural reaction, right? We always center ourselves of this is what i know i assume it's like that other places but the reality is it's not and these scales do not align whatsoever they're left in canada it's not left in the u.s it's not left in in the france and not in the uk like it it is a completely different line like if we're talking about a line of left to right right they're not even on the same page (laughs) yeah i feel like no Well, exactly. It's very subjective, right? And so, it, and it, I think it also depends on culture. Like, there are things mm-hmm. in France, like laïcité or uh, secularism, which kind of, like, sort of goes between the spectrum. It doesn't have to have a, a place on that one single side of the spectrum. And that's not the case in Canada, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think that there's an element there that's just the culture of countries changes the spectrum. So just all that to preface, I think when we're talking about uh, political parties and their general spectrum, it's in relation to France, not in relation to the US or Canada. Yes, absolutely. I would just add that some of the more progressive ideas of the American Democratic Party are considered just accepted facts in most other first world countries. (laughs) So I think that's a good basis. So if that is where you're coming from, the American context, I would say people like Bernie Sanders and Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and what they're offering is not radical because it has existed for years. So absolutely higher education that doesn't cost thousands and thousands of dollars I got a master's degree in France for 250 euros, right? Like the same MBA program in the U.S. would have been probably over 100,000. Yes. So these aren't radical ideas. It's not radical to have health insurance and national schemes. Canada has it. The U.K. has it. France has it. I'm not going to go on because, like I said, most other countries. So I think that's right there a really big divide. So just move yourself over because that's not at all what these debates are about in France for this election. 
So when you're hearing issues on immigration or identity and security, you might think you know what it's about, but not in the context of this political environment. They're not the same debates, even though they're the same headings. And I think that's the the same in the Canada. When you guys talk about security and immigration, it's not at all the same conversation that's happening to the South in the United States. Absolutely. It's a very different conversation. Absolutely. I I, I completely agree. That's a great point. Because that's, I would say, are the two themes of this election so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is immigration and what? Security. security. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, can we start with, give us a sense of, like, who are the main players right now? Let's start with Macron. Who is his party? Okay. So Macron is, like you mentioned, Miranda, somewhat of a, we'll say center-right party. It's probably the best way to say it. And he is in a party called La République en Marche, so the Walking Republic, basically. Mm-hmm. And that is a party he founded and created prior to being elected. That is a, something that happens often, is people will just get upset about something and go off and create their own parties. Uh, <laughs> for instance, another person that's currently running in this election, farther to the right would be the candidate Pécresse, and she was part of Les Républicains, or the Republicans, which is Sarkozy's party. And she's currently actually running under the Republican banner, but in 2019, she made her own party of, like, soyons libres, like, be free. Mm. I don't quite know the distinction. I don't know all of these candidates' personal histories. Right. But I would say it is interesting to see in the French system how many people have broken off but are still yeah. attached to the larger parties because the reality is they're still in the larger party. They just got upset about one issue and wanted to make a <laughs> distinction. Yep. And then farther to the right, because I'm just going to keep going to the right because that's where some of the other big names are. So we had Matt Cole. Then we had the Republicans with Pécresse, who is a woman running for president. We also have the Rassemblement National. Uh, so the National uh, Reassembly Party. Yeah. Uh, and that is Marine Le Pen's party. So I think a lot of people recognize that name. She did make it to the second round last time, which was the first time right. that she had made it this far. She's a politician that's been around for a while. And her father was also an extreme right wing politician who had the political party Front National, which Marine Le Pen basically rebranded and made into Rassemblement National. Separated from her father. That was very recently that she reband- rebranded. Like, that was within the last 10 years. Yeah, the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that that is a distinction. So if you, you know, read information from back uh, in the, the 80s and stuff, you're going to see right. FN or Full National. And it's, it's a very similar platform. And then lastly, even farther to the right of Marine Le Pen, believe it or not, is Eric Zemmour, who is a journalist uh, and is kind of coming out as a very populist, extremist, right-wing party. And he founded his own party in 2021 to run for office, and it's called the Reconquête. And he is the one really pushing the immigration issue, which I have a lot of things to say about that, that as an immigrant in France... uh, I probably have a biased view uh, on some of these (laughs) things, so I will keep it to myself, but I would say that it is scary to see the rhetoric that he is is discussing, especially 
and its inconsistencies with his personal background. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's a name that's made it over over the pond as well. He's uh, especially for the sort of um, the journalist background gives him and the populist tones. It, it sort of resonates with other people. But and and uh, France also has some very significant hate speech laws, and he's been subject to a couple. Yes. legal decisions about that so yeah there's lots to read up about him because he's uh he's definitely a big name that that we're, uh, I've, yeah. I've heard yeah. yeah definitely i would say all of those people i just mentioned are the three big names on the right and the right has come out strong but the yeah. left is also strong and i would say there are a ton of parties on the left but remember i i did make a condensed list Yes, I left parties off. Yes, there are a ton of splinter parties. Uh, but as I move to the to the left of the spectrum, there's a little bit more nuance between them. And so I did add a few more just, just as a comparison. So moving left of Macron, if we start going the other direction, mm-hmm. we have the Mouvement Democrate. Then we have the Socialist Party, the Socialist. So famous names to associate with the Socialist Party would be François Hollande. He was part yeah. of the Socialist Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne Hidalgo, who we talked about a couple uh, of episodes. She was featured in the Nouvelle Parisienne and is the current mayor of Paris, is running for the presidential election under the Socialist Party, and also the mayor of Nancy. Nancy became socialist in the last local election, which was an interesting result uh, for for us historically so there you go moving past the socialists because for my american audience yes socialists aren't actually considered far left in fact i was gonna say when you say nancy went socialist i think we we can just say went to the socialist party because all of france is incredibly socialist yes Yes. this is a s like capital s as a socialist party not a lowercase s because yes that is a really good distinction so farther to the left we get les verts or the greens which miranda kind of mentioned the green party in canada and how it has a role i would say the greens have been making more and more of a presence. They got a large city, Bordeaux, uh, elected a green mayor, and that was a really big deal uh, as well. And there are multiple green parties under that banner. So when I say the Greens, there are several parties with several representatives under that. So again, condensing the list, if you're interested in these banner parties or one of them more than others, feel free to look them up. Yeah, so we're moving to the left of the Greens. We have La France Insoumise, which is with Jean-Luc Mélenchon. And Jean-Luc Mélenchon has been a politician for a while. He's run for the presidential election before. He is a staple on the left. Yeah. And so that is a name that might come up on your screen. And then we have, even farther to the left, we have the Parti Communiste Française, or PCF, PCF, which is, again, a communist party. We have a anti-capitalist party called NPA or NPA, Nouveau Parti Anticapitaliste. And they just had a new entry into the election. A man by the name of Coutu just announced that he is running for the presidential election as well. So like, again, late entries. Can you imagine in an American political system, someone coming into election two months out? Like, it's just unheard of. (laughs) Right. 
And then the very last one that I thought I'd include on the list is the Fonte Gauche, which again is a larger umbrella of very left wing extreme, like left extreme parties. So there's multiple right. ones, including like Lutte Travailleur, so like working for workers' rights. Like labor um, party. Yeah, very mm-hmm. far left. So that's kind of the overall spectrum. And yes, thanks for hanging around because there are a lot. And like I said, this is a condensed <laughs> list. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's a lot of people. Like, that yeah. is a lot of people. And I didn't even name all the candidates, but I just kind of put up the biggest ones that are making the splashes or yeah. getting at least a percentage point. <laughs> so I have a silly question. Um, A lot of these people, I've heard their names before. Um, Do they just run, like, every single time? Some do, some don't. Like, Zemmour is new, but I've heard yes. Mélenchon many times, and I know Le Pen ran last time, and her father before mm-hmm. her. Yeah, so both Marine Le Pen and Jean-Luc Mélenchon, they've run multiple times. Coutu has also run before. Uh, and okay. Hidalgo is a first-time runner. So I, I do think it's a really mixed audience of people running again, and I don't think that's necessarily seen in other countries. Sometimes people run a second time, or in Biden's case, a third time. But I wouldn't say it's consecutive, whereas Marine Le Pen has right. presented herself for the election almost consecutive. Same with Jean-Luc Mélenchon. He's, he's run multiple times. So it is an interesting right. concept of the back-to-back approach, as well as newcomers. Yeah. But I think that goes into the multi-party system, being a leader of a party. I think that's interesting, though, because in the Canadian context, we just had the leader of the Conservative Party was ousted by his own party, and they're going to have a new uh, Conservative leader in the next uh, few months. They'll elect a, a new leader. But they often have this thing of, like, if you don't win power, basically you have a couple years in as leader, and then you're gone. You know, the, the, the sense is that you're not going to win a second election. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't win the first time, you won't win a second time. So there, it's, it's just an interesting difference. But again, because you're because you're voting specifically for the person, maybe there's a sense that if you have a, a decent base of support, like I know Mélenchon it has a decent sort of baseline of support, but mm-hmm. not not a, a lot enough to win, but sort of a, a good base that will usually vote for him. Maybe it's just worth continuing because you're 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 a well known like name versus um, when you're based sort of in a party or the leader of a party it's a bit different I don't know I think that that's but I think it's that's the thing is he is the leader of the party just like Marine is the leader of her party but that's it's their parties like that right they created they founded so there is a it's a great point a sense that the party exists without them which I think is the case you know Democrats will exist no matter who is in charge the liberals and conservative conservatives they have a life of their own Whereas these parties point. come and go. There are yeah. parties that were on my exams for French politics that no longer exist, right? Like wow, that's they, so they come in and out. So it isn't definitely a different approach uh, to politics. But I do, I do question that too, is as I learn more and become more politically aware and involved in French discussions, it is so hard for me to leave behind that two-party idea because i've been so accustomed to weighing the benefits and disadvantages of voting my preferences or voting strategically or voting to to accomplish something that doesn't necessarily occur in the thought processes of 
all fringe people because like you were saying you can vote your interests uh you can vote your interest in the first round and then you might have to vote more strategically in the second round but there are definitely more and more questions of what happens when two candidates that you don't like uh, go through and then turnout goes down and then who's actually deciding the elections it is a very interesting question on that is it effective or not maybe we figured out why french people always complain about politicians because they all vote for different people in the first round and then they mm-hmm. all are disappointed in the second round yes and i think that goes back to kind of what you're talking about in terms of mandates and having a mandate the french president does have a mandate they technically one the majority majority yeah but the reality is they don't actually have the support of the majority of the french and i think that's a really big yeah that's really interesting i feel like that explains a lot about french uh approach to politics sometimes Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah our experiences with like people's level of political engagement is different but uh but also talk about subjectivity we are very politically engaged people and not everybody in canada or america is either so we're not ones to crap on uh voter turnout no but it does it definitely is interesting i think voter turnout political participation in a lot of countries has significantly influenced the direction that the world has taken the last few years i think low turnout elections with really high stakes have taught people that there is a point, but not necessarily, especially in the French context where a lot of the conversations I've been having are people are saying that the, the fit of the public is outdated, that it's no longer working, that something needs to change. And their response is, well, we should just move on to the six. Like we need a re- hard reset. Wow. But what's interesting is how do you do that? You know, like how do you go about it? And their response right now is to just not participate. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to achieve the goal you want (laughs) yeah i don't know if pat that sort of passivity is how you change things but it is interesting because i was reading that the um, fifth republic uh, will surpass the third republic for the longest like period of the longest republic if it makes it to 2028 so i mean We'll see. <laughs> Maybe there's a we chance will. that it won't make it to the 20, 2028. We'll see. But I think that's what we kind of brought up last time is the people that will make these decisions are probably more right-leaning or more conservative, mm. whereas I think a lot of the population may be more left-leaning but are not getting the representation or because yeah. maybe not as many people turn out and that's always the case too is uh, no matter what election you're talking about do you have the youth vote do you have the workers vote or do you have a bunch of retired people that have very particular interests because they have the time to engage and to participate and it is interesting you know sunday does open up opportunities yeah automatic voter registration i think opens up a lot of opportunities that changes a lot of debates that are occurring in the u.s for voter protection rights but it is interesting is how people engage, how people view it. And like, like we talked about with the Senate of that debate is it's the perception. Is the government working? Yeah. Am I being heard? And I think across the spectrum to the right and to the left, I think a lot of people don't feel like they're being heard by politicians. Yeah, I think that's I what I we're think... seeing in France in the last five years is it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you fall on. They, they don't feel represented. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that's, that's how a lot of people feel. 
Well, this was a fantastic discussion, and I'm so excited to like watch the news and having this background and be able to understand the candidates a little bit more and the process as well because it's just so it's so unique to me so i'm really excited to to see equally what people say (laughs) i know yeah so hopefully this helps recognize some names that might come up in the news and what directions france might go in thanks for joining us for the political series our last installment on the four-part series will be a French episode discussing a book by Lauren Basti called Présenté, which is about women's roles in the political and cultural sphere of France. So if you yes. are interested in listening to that, that's what's going to come out next. If you can get your hands on it, we both highly recommend the book. It's been Very such much so. a great book to read and come back to, I have to say. Uh, and if not, check out her podcast. La Poudre. She has both French and English episodes. So no matter your level, that is always an option. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll uh, talk later. Yeah. A bientôt. A bientôt.